Hi, I'm Matt McCormick. I'm Tech on Rack, and here today to interview Mark Carrera about uh, setting up a self-insurance program. And Mark is the IT director for Amy Beal High School in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And instead of me giving a bio here, I'm going to let Mark tell us a little bit about himself, his history, as well as Amy Beal. It sounds like a really interesting school with an interesting mission. So I'd like to hear more about all of that. As you said, my name's Mark. I've been in IT for, oh, since 1992 in uh, private industry. I've been in school since 2001. So that means 21 years. Uh, this is my, only my third school, but second state. Okay. So I've been, been around for a while. Amy Beal, as you said, is a charter high school in New Mexico. We are a state charter, which means um, we are chartered directly from the state. We're not part of any district. Even though we're located in Albuquerque, the city, we are part of a, we're an independent school district. So we're a district of one building. Amy Beal, very interesting young lady. She is from Santa Fe, but while she was attending school at Stanford, back during the South African apartheid, she decided that she couldn't stand it anymore and went to South Africa to oppose apartheid and did demonstrations and did things like that. Well, she was actually killed by a gang of youth. And during the truth and reconciliation process, her parents forgave the, her killers and actually hired a few of them to be part of the Amy Beale Foundation. So our mission is one of social justice in the name of Amy Beale. All our students are required uh, once a month to do a half day of service work. We do that as groups. And every senior must complete 100 hours of service work their senior year as part of their senior project. So we're big into the social justice issue. It informs a lot of what we do. And I and we all care about the students. So I'm, I'm very proud of the school. Oh, that's fantastic. So I, we're going to talk about this a little later. But I think one of the things kind of interesting, this partnership, charter school partnership with the state, are you then subject to the same rules as all the public schools, or do you guys have more flexibility? We have a little more flexibility, but we have to, we have to submit documentation to the state about how we're going to deal with things. For example, assessments. Uh, okay. We do a lot of project-based assessments in that a student, for example, I go with our seniors again, their capstone project, they have to do a presentation to mentors, teachers, family about their four years at school. Uh, so it's very interesting, uh, but they have to do public performances like that. Besides the typical science fair type thing, we also okay. have a social justice fair where students pick a social justice topic where they research and give presentations. So yeah, you know, we still have to do the online assessments like a lot of schools, uh, but yeah, we do have some flexibility. Like we don't teach English, social studies separately, we call it humanities. All right, excellent. So let's let's kind of take this into the realm of the, the technology and the one-to-one -one sure. program and your, your tech fund. Do the students take the devices home with them? Yes. We've okay. had a one-to-one uh, -one program for, this is our fifth year. The okay. first, from the first year, I wanted to make sure the students got the computers 24 hours a day. So you guys were early to that game. That was yes. like a lot of people like had carts or like they were afraid to let kids take it home. What was the motivation behind the, the 24 hours? The, the 24 hour part was digital uh, equity. So okay. uh, I felt that it was important. 
with a, at that point, we were probably closer to 60% free and reduced. With that kind of level of uh, poverty, I felt that the students needed access to the tools they need for education. Right. But we've been one-to-one. It would have been a year earlier because I was hired. The first thing one of the school board members asked me is, when are we going to start one-to-one? And I said, I don't know. I just got hired. I got to find out what the problems are. Carts, we had carts with Windows computers. I had a three-quarter time assistant just to maintain Windows computers and carts. They never okay. were you needed them. They were never, everybody wanted them. Labs, we had one computer lab that was always booked. Uh, I felt that we needed something better. And did the um, one-to-one program alleviate all those problems and issues? Oh, yes. Well, we got rid of the lab. Uh, we kept it around for a year or two because Chromebooks, we are a Chromebook school, uh, mm-hmm. weren't able to do some things that required Windows. That's gone away now. We no, we no longer have any, well, okay, almost no Windows computers for students. Okay. We do, we do, do dual enrollment, so students do take college classes, and some college classes require Windows computers. So in that case, you just have like some Windows computers yeah. in like a lab or something. You had mentioned the teachers, you were still, they're, they're on Windows laptops currently as well? or Currently, but two are piloting using Chromebooks as their sole computer. And then 15 minutes ago, we interviewed, I just ordered two more for administrators, myself and our executive director. Uh, we're going to pilot it for staff. Okay. To see how we can do our staff functions on Chromebooks alone. What issues have you seen with that so far? What issues do you anticipate? First issue was connecting it to a projector because the new Chromebooks don't have HDMI cable, not connectors anymore. They're USB. Uh, okay. So I had to get some adapters. It's always the little things you don't think of, Yeah, right? little things like that. So our goal is once we decide on a model, we're looking at a couple of different models. In January over uh, semester change, I'm going to get 10 or 12 staff members trying it. Okay. Soon we're going to make a decision. I have a team that works on projects like this, a tech team. We're going to make a decision as to we're going to either replace Windows laptops next year with new Windows laptops, or are we going to go with Chromebooks? How many staff members do you have? 40. Okay. So you're managing a fleet of right now of 300. close to 400 devices. Yeah. Sorry, 300 devices. And, and if you are fully enrolled, it's 350 devices. Okay. So that's our, our pilot project on that. Uh, so that, that I think is a big deal because I think a teacher right now doesn't see what a student sees on their Chromebook. Right. Uh, and that's probably some cost savings as well if you make that switch. Huge right? cost savings. Uh, well, right now, uh, we are moving everything to Google Cloud Storage, even on the Windows devices. So I get rid of our storage servers. Okay. Uh, our print server is on a Linux box, so I've gotten rid of that Microsoft server. Right now, I only need one for authentication. If I get rid of uh, Windows, I don't need to use a Windows authentication AD. I can be rid of all those uh, Microsoft licenses. Oh, yes. Yeah, so it's not just the device. It's the licenses aren't cheap either yes. for Microsoft, are they? Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, let's dive in a little bit to your, your tech fund. I know previously you and I talked about it, so I have a little bit of an idea, but let me ask you, like, kind of describe, I'm gonna, and we're going to kind of go a little backwards in time. We're going to start with mm-hmm. describing how the program is set up now, and then I kind of want to jump into like, how you sure. initially set it up and how it's morphed and changed over the years, because it started like it sounded like five years ago. So yes. why don't you describe to me now like 
you know, how the process works right now. Like how much money do the students put in? What does that cover? What happens if it breaks? Just kind of a general overview of that fund. We charge a $60 per student fee. Now that we do have a few families that have complained about it if they have three students in the building. Right. Uh, that's very rare. It originally was brought in to pay for printing. That was the original purpose of it. Okay. So it was morphed into a tech fee, and it's $60. Uh, all students do pay for it. They are all re- expected to pay for it, even okay. the free reduced students. However, if there's a student who cannot or their parents say we can't afford it, on a case-by-case basis, they deal that with the dean of students. Okay. And I was at a, because I know I've talked to some some other tech directors in other states. Again, it's more public schools. So I don't know where it applies yeah. to you guys. That if you have any kind of fee and a student qualifies for free or reduced lunch, it's automatically waived for them. It sounds like oh. your, is that New Mexico law or is that Amy Beal, a little bit of the exception you have? I don't know if there's any law about that. Okay. That is our policy. And like I said, that's one of those things where I don't know about. See, the other thing with being a charter school, we have a nonprofit organization, a foundation that raises money separate from the school. And we use that kind of funds for things like this. We call it the angel fund. So we have students who um, enroll in dual enrollment classes have to buy textbooks. Well, you know, college textbooks cost a lot the angel fund will cover that fee for the students. Okay. Also, we have students who want to travel to see it because we're a college prep school. We have students who want to travel to a out of state school, can't afford it. We will uh, help them cover those costs with the angel fund. Okay. So that, so, but those decisions are made at a different department. Like you don't no, have yeah, anything I, to do with that. That you're like, Hey, somebody else says they can't pay the fee. You pass it on. And, and my somebody job else. Is to, yes. My job is to give them a computer. Somebody else's job is to worry about if they paid for it or not. Okay. Now out of that tech fund, that $60 fee, mm-hmm. what, what, did, what do you guys cover with that? So, I mean, it sounds like that's roughly probably like 18,000 ish dollars. It's rough. put in it. Yeah. It's put into, into, some the, fund. into the general funds. We don't okay. separate tech fees. I get okay. money out of the general fund. It's put into the general funds. Now, it's more complicated. I have learned that uh, I actually have a degree in accounting, and school accounting is so much different than private industry accounting. <laughs> I don't understand it. But the way I tell to a student when I give when I give my talk to the kids is it covers everything. Even if you beat your brother in the head with the computer, it breaks. We replace it. But it sounds like does it also then cover? It sounds like it also covers maybe like the app fees and the the Google yeah. software management. Like so, it's right. it's yeah. not just covering damage. It's actually like oh. it's not just an insurance fund. It's like a no. tech fund to cover lots yeah. of different tech expenses. Service. Yes, it covers everything. If you want to go back and say it started out at like twenty bucks a year, went to thirty to forty, and now it's sixty. Okay, yeah, but let's. I think that's a good spot to do that. So let's go back five years. You were yeah. hired. They said yeah. we want to set up a one-to-one program. What was the the genesis and kind of the prime? I'm assuming like lawyers had to be involved, probably some accountants, obviously you and, and, and yeah. I don't know, parents, school board. So what was that process like to get this whole process running? Then how has it morphed over the years? Like I said a little bit earlier, I have a tech team, which I'm lucky at the time I was able to bring it outside parents as part of the tech team. But it includes administrative staff, teachers, myself, it includes parents and it includes a student. We met and talked about one-to-one. Is it okay. something we want? Why do we want it? How, what needs do we have that we're trying to meet? 
what okay. kind of breakage and loss are we going to expect? And at that point, it's like, it's new. I don't know. Right. I checked around. Um, people were telling me 8%, 15% in that range. Okay. At the time, we said, well, we can't expect the students to pay for that. Let's just cover it with operating expenses. So there was no, so the first year there wasn't a, a no, technology fee? No, there wasn't fee. any kind of insurance. Okay. As we determined that we needed to do something, right. uh, the second year, we start talking about it. And that's when we had, uh, the financial director was the one that brought it up to me. So what are we going to do about this? So we thought of having a separate insurance fee. And I think it was, I remember a $30 on top of this $20 fee. So it's kind of, at that point, you had it separate. There was like a tech yes. fund and then there was an insurance fund. There was yes. two separate entities. Today, it's merged back into, it's into right. one, right? Okay. Yes, yes. That was about three years. I think we did it separate for one year, if most two years. Uh, okay. We then merged it together in, uh, because, well, we got a new financial director and she says, why are we collecting two funds? Well, that's right. The way it was set up. So we merged <laughs> it. It has done a pretty good job. We're running... I'm going to say 10% breakage or loss Okay. on average. It peaked a little bit more during the pandemic as the computers were being much more used. So what, what happens? So let's say a student breaks and comes in, like, is there a deductible? What if it's the second or third time they've broken it? Like kind of, and then, and then what do you do? Do you fix the device? Do you ship it off? Do you just replace it? Like, tell me a little bit about what happens when a student comes in with a broken device. This morning, student brings this me to this computer. I mean, this this morning. She said, it doesn't turn on. It doesn't, it may turn on, but it's okay. I said, great. I hand her a new computer. I do the inventory deal where I check out that right. one, check this one back in. Our fleet is, we're lucky with pandemic funding. The oldest computer we have is 18 months old. Oh, wow. Okay. And how many extras, just I didn't ask it before, how many spares do you have? We probably got 40 or 50 extras right now. Because okay. we were figuring on 300 kids. We also have two loaners in every classroom. So if a student oh, okay. gets it, we have one of the older ones, the two-year-old Chromebooks sitting in every classroom, so they're available. Okay, okay. So, yeah. Okay, she brings it in. I check it out to her. She takes it home. She's done with it. Most common air problem is a broken screen. Right. Uh, still bring them in. I dropped this. Okay, here's a new computer. We do not have any paperwork. It's part of our trust the student. Treat them like an adult. Right. We trust them. We trust that they're not going to abuse this. So, okay. So you, you haven't really had a problem that it sounds like with like kids breaking a device two, three, four times a, a no, year. No, no, Okay. Other than losing chargers. Uh, right. Uh, those, depending, if they start losing two or three, $30 for the next one. Okay. Okay. Uh, chargers, because I do have a problem with those. Now, the next step is lost or stolen. And we do differentiate between the two. If it is actually lost, the student is responsible for the replacement cost. Okay. And we have had a few students have to pay that replacement cost. Right. Okay. So, so. so lost, you they have to pay it. And if it's yes. stolen? If they turn in a police report. Okay. Then it's covered. We have had, we actually had, I think it was about a year ago, a student get carjacked. Where oh, they wow. have, I mean, stole her car, her computer, her backpack, and everything. 
That's very traumatic. I mean, there's nothing. She comes in, we give her a new one. To, when you get a chance, please give us a police report. I file the police report away and it's that way. So, yeah. It's, but it sounds like it's not that part, the lost or stolen um, is not a huge problem for you guys. Like it's, it, it happened, three, but I don't know, 300 students a few times a yeah. year. Three or four is the most per year during the pandemic we've had. Normally it's one or two. So, you said the screen breakage is the most common. Um, mm-hmm. I know there's other things that are damaged as well. So what do you what do you do with that device then? Okay. Do you fix it internally? Like what do you? Up until last year, I had a student who was fixing for me. Okay. She's graduated. So right now they're piling up. I, I don't know for sure what we're going to do. We'll probably be uh, sending them out. But the thing is, you got to remember Chromebooks. If you buy them like I was buying them inexpensively, they're less than $200 devices. Right, right. It's got to be economically feasible. Right now, we have so many spares, I'm not sure. Okay. When you had the student, though, she would, would she fix everything with them or? Uh, she would replace keyboards or uh, screens. We've also done things where if the keyboard's bad, or the other big thing that HP used to have a problem with was where the power jack comes in with break. Oh yeah, that is, it was on the motherboard. Yeah, yes, you couldn't it wasn't fix it. Fixable. We would use that part, that computer for parts, a keyboard okay. or my our screen. Yeah, you just scavenge yeah. them for the next one that came in. So, so what happens at the end of the day if a device like just can't, it's garbage, like it can't be fixed. Mm-hmm. I know you, you and I, again, have talked about this a little bit before about New Mexico's anti-donation right. policy. Like, right. I found that fascinating. Can you tell sure. us what exactly that is and how it impacts you? Because all our funding comes directly from the state, which is different than I know when I was working in Wisconsin, it came differently. It basically was the school's money. But here, everything is purchased with state money. Therefore, the state says it's ours. You can't give it away. They're worried. It makes sense about us buying a nice $2,000 computer and just handing it to somebody saying, here, this is yours, take it. Right. So, but it's written so that we can never give it away. So what I had to do when I got here, we have a basement that had rooms full of old computers. So I did the research and there is a process. I had to do an inventory of all these computers, present it to the school board with reasons why we want to give it away. They had to send a letter to the state saying, we've got all these things we want to get rid of. Here's the reason why. Right. It had 30 days to whether to accept or deny it. And then we got to get rid of all our recycles. And you, you gave like a like a recycling company. Yes, or, and I think you said you, the one option you can do is you can't give them to right. another state institution. Right. right? Since it's a, uh, yeah. since it's the state's money, the state's property, another right. state entity can take it. OK, that's, that's what we can do. We can give to another school district. There is some thought that we can also give it to a, another educational entity that is not a public school. That is being researched right now by the attorney. Right. Well, it's interesting because computers have a lifespan, though, too, right? Yeah. Like you said, like seven or eight years old, like nobody wants it. And if you no, can't, like you just <laughs> like yeah. you can you can literally throw it away. You just can't yes. give it away. Yeah, that's crazy. So uh, but for right now, I've got probably a couple of I've got closing in 100, 150 old lap uh, Chromebooks in the basement that I'm now going to be uh, my one student helper. We're going to so we started sorting them. We're going to inventory them, go before the board and say, we've got these computers we need to dispose of, and we'll dispose of them probably 
it's probably going to take till next summer before we actually get rid of them all. One last kind of question I want to ask, and then I'll let you kind of wrap up with anything you want to share. But what advice would you give to a school that it, it wants to start a program like this? Like, how, what, would, what would your recommendations be? First off, I believe in trust the student and give them ownership of the device. We are, and I, I don't think you've asked about this, is besides letting them take them home, for the last two years, we let them take them home during the summers. We don't collect. We okay. felt that the cost of collecting and then redistributing them outweighed the, the, uh, you know, the benefits of that and the cost that was more than the cost of lost computers. And it turned out to be true. Okay. So we, we let them trust to them that they're going to take care of them. We let them take ownership. It's their computer. Uh, I encourage stickers. First off, it helps kids when they got a pile of computers are all the same. It helps kids identify them. Right. Uh, but it also lets them show individuality. It lets them take ownership of the device. That's my Chromebook. It's right. It's not the schools. It's mine. I think they take better care of it. That's a really interesting concept. Just like letting them like put stickers on it, otherwise like personalize it a little bit, and yeah. they feel I, a sense of ownership. Now there is a rules and regulations. Every school has them. It's in our every year. A student gets a handbook with the rules and regulations. Actually, yes. I mean, I think for me, the takeaway is again, you're in a different situation than maybe a right. school with ten thousand students in the district. Oh, yeah. and, but there is advantage in you know creating that sense of community. It, yes. it bleeds into like how you treat the, not just the people around you, but the things that the school gives you and trusts you with, right. letting kids take ownership. Yeah, the ownership is the biggest piece. When we talked about giving the kids the computers during the summer, one of the nice things that one of the students pointed out was this helps. And they used the right words, our social emotional learning, <laughs> because they said we can now communicate with our friends during the summer where if I didn't have this computer, I couldn't do it. Okay, excellent. Hey, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. I know you're super busy. You know, it sounds like an awesome school. And it sounds like... If you're out here, a- come on, I'll show you it. All right, no problem. Well, thank you so much, Mark. Um, have a wonderful day and enjoy the okay. rest of your summer. Well, thanks a lot. And you guys have a great day. Thanks for interviewing me. It's been fun. Oh, no problem. I agree. Thank you so much. Take care. Okay.